welcome. I'm Valerie Dalton, founder and artistic director of the Live Literature Company. This episode in our series, Celebrating Companionship, focuses again on a choice of a Shakespeare sonnet as a companion. We are releasing this to celebrate Shakespeare's birthday on St George's Day, April the 23rd. I'm delighted to be joined by actors Margot Cargill, Nicholas Farrell, Geraldine James, Freddie Meredith and Wendy Morgan, who will speak personally about why they have made their sonic companion choice before sharing a reading of it with you. Those of you who have had the chance to listen to my Live Literature Company February podcast will have heard Freddie Meredith speak one of the voices in my prose poem, Song of Innocence. In this podcast, Freddie, a recent graduate of RADA, will share a reading of the foreshortened sonnet Orlando speaks in As You Like It when he declares his love for Rosalind by attaching his love letters to her on the forest trees. Margot Cargill is an acting graduate from the Shakespeare group I ran at City Lit for over 30 years. We plan to make a whole podcast together this coming autumn on the methods we devised together for her as a blind performer when she was studying with me. So do watch this space for the Live Literature Company podcast on working with a blind performer. I have chosen to include the sonnet from As You Like It because this play is very dear to my heart. Unlike the love at first sight in Romeo and Juliet, which was performed in our March podcast and which ends tragically, the love at first sight in As You Like It is joyful in a play which has joy at its heart. I staged this play at the Garrick Theatre in the West End as one of the first performances dedicated to raising awareness about AIDS. This performance was dedicated to Peter Evans, a theatre designer who was a very close friend of mine at the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. The year after we graduated, he designed the production I directed in Manchester of Uncle Vanya. We worked immensely closely together, and he would have designed many of my future productions, but this was not to be, because soon afterwards he became one of the first people in the UK to be diagnosed with AIDS. This beautiful person was one of the first to die in what I have heard described as a pandemic as dreadful as a Covid one we are living through now. I have known Nicholas Farrell's brilliant gift for acting ever since working alongside Nat Brenner on a production of Farquhar's The Beau Stratagem at the Bristol Ulvik Theatre School. In this, Nick played the pub landlord Boniface. I subsequently directed my own production of this wonderful play at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. The wonderful acting careers of Nicholas Farrell, Geraldine James and Wendy Morgan will be known to many of you. All three have excelled in performances on stage, in film and on TV. Some of you will remember the outstanding TV drama The Jewel in the Crown, in which Nick, Geraldine and Wendy gave such fine performances. Two other actors in this drama series, Tim Pigott-Smith and Peggy Ashcroft, are no longer with us. I had the fortune to cast and work with Tim on one of the performances I have staged at the National Theatre. He subsequently became a dear friend. 
I remember Peggy Ashcroft's performance in The Jewel in the Crown as one of consummate grace and intelligence given by an older actress. It is a joy and delight to me to bring together these three actors from The Jewel in the Crown for this podcast. I think of Shakespeare's sonnets as his personal spiritual diary he wrote for himself, similar to what many call today mindfulness. You will now hear Freddie Meredith speak Orlando's words of joy expressed in his sonnet in As You Like It. Hang there my verse in witness of my love, and thou, thrice-crowned queen of night, survey with thy chaste eye from thy pale sphere above thy huntress name that my full life doth sway. Oh, Rosalind, these trees shall be my books, and in their barks my thoughts I'll character, that every eye in which this forest looks shall see thy virtue witnessed everywhere. Run, run, Orlando, carve on every tree, the fair, the chaste, and unexpressive she. I'm Nicholas Farrell, and I've chosen Sonnet 128. Um, And the reason I've chosen it is that it deals with the theme of music, which has always been very important to me. Um, I I loved playing an instrument as a schoolboy, and then ever since, uh, I've loved listening uh, to music whenever I can um, in all sorts of uh, uh, different manifestations. The Sonnet is about the object of the poet's love as she or he plays a keyboard. I think we can assume it's a harpsichord. It could have been a virginal or a spinet, but they're pretty much different versions of of a harpsichord. At Shakespeare's time, there's reference to jacks in the sonnet, which are the little pieces of wood that spring up when you hit the key uh, and pluck at the strings. So the poet looks at his love or his would-be love and uh, feels jealousy over the uh, the keyboard that is being touched and played by his love, um, something that she clearly isn't prepared to do to any part of him. And the, the sonnet, um, when I came back to it, reminded me of a very specific moment. When I was at school, uh, I wasn't that old, and there was going to be a school concert, and the music teacher brought in a harpsichord, and I had never seen one, had no idea what it was, and uh, he was setting up for the concert, and I was there, so I asked him what it was, and he said, well, it's a, it's a harpsichord, and... Uh, uh, he, he said, have you not heard one? I said, no, I've, I've, I, I haven't. And he said, oh, well, um, and then as if plucking, plucking this music out of the air, played brilliantly um, The Return of the Queen of Sheba by Handel, um, which of course can seem a bit of a cliche because everybody knows it and it's played so often, but if you've never heard it before, and it's being played uh, on a harpsichord that you've never heard before. Uh, the effect, was, uh, on me at least, was, um, was pretty uh, exhilarating and uh, I've never ever forgotten it. So uh, that's a specific reason for, for this sonnet. 
cut to uh, a couple of decades later, when I was uh, at Stratford-upon-Avon with the Royal Shakespeare Company, and there was a terribly good uh, voice teacher there called Sis Berry, who would uh, give us various exercises. I I should just say that uh, Shakespeare's plays were written to be performed. They weren't written to be read, but to be seen and heard. But you could argue that his sonnets were written to be read. I mean, they're basically super-concentrated, brilliant love letters. But in that rehearsal room with Sis Berry, I I was made to uh, realise just how powerful the words are. She asked us to read a sonnet quietly into the ear of the actress next to us, and then they would return the favour. And I started this, and very shortly, the actress sort of squealed and had to move away um, because she was overcome with the power of of Shakespeare's love love poetry, um, and it was uh, it was a rather wonderful moment for me that sadly was was never really reproduced in life. But uh, th- that's another memory that that I have um, of reading this particular sonnet. How oft when thou my music, music placed upon that blessed wood, whose motion sounds with thy sweet fingers, when thou gently swayst the wiry concord that mine ear confounds, do I envy those jacks that nimble leap to kiss the tender inward of thy hand? whilst my poor lips, which should that harvest reap, at the wood's boldness by thee blushing stand. To be so tickled they would change their state and situation with those dancing chips, or whom thy fingers walk with gentle gait, making dead wood more blessed than living lips. Since saucy Jack so happy are in this, Give them thy fingers, me thy lips to kiss. Hello, I'm Geraldine James. I wasn't particularly familiar with the sonnets, but during lockdown I missed going to the theatre so much and the spectacle of being in a theatre, of seeing particularly Shakespeare, of hearing that language, that I started to read the sonnets and discovered them almost sort of for the first time, which has been incredible. They were written to be read rather than performed. They're not for sort of public spaces. They feel very intimate. They're like love letters. And they're all so completely different. You can sort of find a sonnet to match any mood. I was actually asked to read Sonnet 73 at a very, very dear friend's funeral a couple of years ago. And that's when I first found it. And it I think it's my favourite, that along with When in Disgrace with Fortune and Men's Eyes, which is also astonishing. But they are wonderful pieces and just brings me back to Shakespeare. So here is Sonnet number 73. 
That time of year thou mayst in me behold, when yellow leaves, or none, or few, do hang upon those boughs which shake against the cold, bare ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang. In me thou seest the twilight of such day, as after sunset fadeth in the west, which by and by black night doth take away, death's second self that seals up all in rest. In me thou seest the glowing of such fire that on the ashes of his youth doth lie, as the deathbed whereon it must expire, consumed with that which it was nourished by. This thou perceivest, which makes thy love more strong, to love that well which thou must leave ere long. Hello, I'm Wendy Morgan, and I'm going to read Sonnet 18. Over this last year, with so much time to reflect, and almost too much time to think, having spent most of the year writing, this sonnet has been going around in my head, reminding me of people, of places, of moments in time so fleeting, so beautiful. I particularly relive moments and times spent with my son, long and lazy holidays, and so many, many myriad times. For example, a time I spent filming in India on the series Jewel in the Crown. I seem to be always painfully aware of the exquisite and passing nature of time. Then, under an impossibly blue Indian sky with marvellous people. The scented air. Saris being dried in minutes wafted in the hot morning. Cycle rides in the mountains. Swimming in a hot sea in Manuri Bell having eaten mangoes. Filming in an idyllic mountainside cottage in Simla. Riding in auto rickshaws through the bustling, dusty streets. Gliding over moonlit lakes in canopied boats. Sitting on a hill above a village as a huge red sun sunk below and the fireflies sparkled in the darkening air. Moments come and dazzle us and then are gone. But the moments and the people that we love and the times that we have shared live forever when they are written of in eternal lines to time. I dedicate this to all people and all times made eternal summer in the words of those who love them. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed, and every fair from fair sometimes declines, by chance, or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal 
eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou owest. Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. My name is Margot Cargill, and I shall be reciting Shakespeare's sonnet 104. This sonnet really exemplifies my experience of friendship over the past year. Some friends with whom I'd lost touch either contacted me or I them, and it was as if no time had passed. And although I know we have had experiences that have impacted and changed our perceptions of life, it's still appeared as if nothing at all had changed, even though so much had indeed changed. We were just able to rekindle our friendship and things are just the same as they were before. And yet, incredibly different due to the passing of time. To me, fair friend, you never can be old. For as you were when first your eye I eyed, such seems your beauty still. Three winters cold hath from the forest shook three summers pride. Three beauteous springs to yellow autumn turned, in process of the seasons have I seen. Three April perfumes in three hot Junes burned, since first I saw you fresh, which yet are green. Ah, yet doth beauty like a dial hand steal from his figure, and yet no pace perceived. So your sweet hue, which methinks still doth stand, hath motion, and mine eye may be deceived. For fear of which, hear this, thou age unbred, ere you were born, was beauty's summer dead. Thank you for listening to this Live Literature Company podcast and thanks to Will for his wizardry with words. Do click to follow us and send your response. Our next podcast in a month's time in our series Celebrating Companionship will focus on friendship. Until then, stay safe and take very good care of yourselves.